podcast. I'm Laura Boisvert-Boyd. I'm Genevieve Nadler-Brooks, and we are your hosts. On the Boyd & Brooks podcast, we want to bring you meaningful and fun spiritual conversations. In these conversations, we seek to explore vocational callings, authentic living, life mottos, and how faith and spirituality play an integral role in our lives. We hope that you will listen, enjoy, and share the podcast. We encourage you to subscribe to the Boyd and Brooks podcast on iTunes. It makes this podcast really easy to find in whatever platform you use to manage your podcasts. It also helps our podcast to be easier to find for other people. You can find us on social media. Our favorite is Instagram at Boyd and Brooks, as well as our blog, boydandbrooks.com. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Boyd and Brooks podcast. I'm Laura Blavere Boyd. And I'm Genevieve Nather Brooks. And we are so glad that we are back. We had a slightly unscheduled break over the summer. And then over that time, we decided that we we're going to break up the podcast into seasons. So hopefully you enjoyed last season, all 11 episodes, where we just talked about our faith stories and other faith stories of women um, from all different walks of life, some in ministry, some not in ministry, and just looking at who we are as children of God. And now we're going into season two, looking at other aspects of our lives and, um, spirituality. And so I'm super excited. Plus more interviews. Yeah. Plus more interviews. So today we want to start out by asking you, what were the most helpful things that people have said to you when you've been going through a really hard season? So what were those helpful things, not hurtful, not ambiguous, but what were the helpful things that people said to you that you kind of carried with you through the difficult seasons? Um, because today we're going to talk a little bit about why we took an unscheduled break the yes. summer for both of us being in ministry already is a little crazy, but this summer, um, I had an unexpected death in my family. My younger brother, Mark, um, was hospitalized from a accident, um, on his bike with a car and then ended up passing away suddenly. Um, and so today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, a few things that I experienced and the tiny bits of wisdom um, that I've gained thus far. So I'm the oldest of three children and my middle sister's two years younger and then Mark was two years younger than Catherine. So we were all really close um, in age and grades and um, my brother um, was um, just really a full of life kind of guy. Um, he, he was a play hard, um, life of the party, um, very funny, very charming, um, kind of your, your troublemaker, always loved instigating. Um, and in a lot of ways that made him a leader of sorts. Um, but it has been, um, really, really hard for me, I think as the oldest sister, also for my family. So we were in the hospital for about five days and um, learned a few things about being in the hospital. For those of you that have never, I had never really spent a significant amount of time um, in the hospital. And so I kind of made a list of some things that were really thoughtful gifts that people um, brought us. So first of all, I- Let me just say, I think oh, yeah. this is so important and helpful because I think that everyone wants to have some sort of response. They want to feel like, 
I'm here for you. Tell me what to do. But when the person's in crisis, the person doesn't necessarily know what they need. Right. And they don't know how, they can't be there to help you because they're in crisis. They right. can't tell you right. what you should bring them. Right. So I think that's just going to be very helpful to a lot of people. Yes. So the things that were the most helpful in the hospital were um, snacks, but healthy snacks. So there are snack machines all over. Um, that have great junk food options. There's also a cafeteria that's a little farther away, um, and they, you know, sell a lot of different things. But people that brought us um, Kind bars, apples, bananas, um, some healthier snack options for while we were sitting there. I, I was needing sustenance for a lot of the time. My parents had actually a harder time eating food while Mark was just in the hospital in the ICU. And so having stuff, smaller packets to snack on so that then you can throw it away was really mm. um, actually helpful. Yeah. Another thing that somebody um, told me about later, this didn't happen for us, was that somebody did bring like a bag of quarters for the snack machines, for the um, vending machines, um, for parking meters. That was really helpful. So for us, the other thing was water, <laughs> bottles of water. I think um, people did bring us coffee, which was great. Um, but when you're sitting there, there are water fountains um, that are far away, and usually the bathrooms are kind of farther away from the seating areas. And so when there was one day where I just wanted somebody to bring me like a fancy bottle of water, <laughs> like a big smart water yeah. to just sit with or a big bottle of water. Um, and so the, those folks that brought, brought that was really, um, really helpful. Another thing, um, especially if somebody's in for a long time, um, we did get somebody that gave us a journal and little tabbies, like stick-on tabs, that that was really helpful for when you're in the hospital, you get a lot of information. Yes. And if you're in a crisis kind of situation, like we were in the ICU, there were so there was a team of doctors that were, were working on Mark. He had some wounds on his side and on his arm. He also had his lungs were collapsed. There was a lot of stuff with his lungs. Um, there were a few things with his, um, a few fractures. And so there was just a lot of language that we were not familiar with and a lot of different people that it was good to write down their names and what they did. I think that is so important because as you're telling this story, it's reminding me of when my mom two years ago was in a, um, car accident that that ended in a fire and so she was burned and she was in a burn unit in a hospital not local to where my family lived and yeah. so um you know as we were driving long distances to go to the hospital to visit her you're you're just like you said inundated with you've got you've got a surgeon coming you've got a doctor coming you've got a you've got a different doctor coming right. to look at this that and the other and yeah. like is anyone talking to each other who who are you but what about what this person said right. and it is i think Having the journal, having something to help you keep the information organized could be so helpful. But I hope that you will lead this into the fact that you were, you guys were kind of using, utilizing the buddy system. Your mom had a friend. Yes, yes. So we also did have a buddy system. So my mom had a friend that was able to come to the hospital um, every day and, and actually a few different buddies that kind of took shifts to sit with her. Um, and they were really, um, two of them were nurses and um, had worked in critical care of, of different people. Um, and both of them knew a lot about how to just sit silently. 
when you're talking to people and people are coming to the hospital all the time, sometimes you need that friend there that can, that doesn't, is completely comfortable with silence and is super happy to just sit there and not rehearse through all the information. Ministry of Presence. Tell me more about Ministry of Presence. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert on what's been written about Ministry of Presence, but the showing up and just the being there. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes in being silent, Mm -hmm. not being the expert, not being the doer, just being with someone is the most impactful thing that you can do. As a therapist, sometimes I didn't know, sometimes you don't know, like, is what we're doing here going to be helpful? Is it going to work? But what you do know is that every week... For an hour, you're going to sit with this person and be in their life and you're going to, they're going to be vulnerable with you and they're going to be real with you. And there's just something really holy and sacred Mm -hmm. about just being present with someone. Yes, definitely. And the other thing about being in the hospital in, in a waiting room in an ICU versus we were not to the point where Mark was moved to a room where somebody could sit, there was a chair in the room. This was, he was in the ICU. There were nurses watching him 24 seven. Um, doing 10 and 15 minute checks on different things with his body. Um, He was um, unconscious and then he was like heavily sedated. And then they did do a a thing where he was essentially paralyzed while they had him on a ventilator. So Mark was not, we never got to see him awake. There definitely were some signs of um, him. Like I got to hold his hand at one point when he was like, he had the tubes in his mouth to for the ventilator and they have to clean out your mouth because your mouth can be mm. a place where bacteria can grow. And so they have to, this toothbrush thing that the nurses come in every so often to brush his teeth. And um, they were brushing it. And apparently it doesn't taste very good. And so Mark's arm, while I was in there, kind of raised up to try to touch his tubes in his mouth. And so um, I got to hold his hand and like feel pressure, feel him holding my hand, which... You know, as a sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in a situation like that, you're just, you're really looking for any sign any signs, yeah. that this person is here with you because you want the hope of knowing this person's going to pull through and right. is going to make it. Right. And that for, um, for my family was, um, we really thought, we were very, very full of hope um, the whole time that he was in the hospital. The fact that... Well, and your doctors gave you that hope. They were like, nurses, there's no yeah. reason why... Um, that you are not, that, right. that Mark isn't going to make right. this. So you right. work that to me, that's almost one of the most traumatizing things about right. the situation was that from the very beginning, you had hope for a full recovery, full recovery. right? Right. Full recovery. And then the downturn was extremely fast yeah. and then he was gone. Um, so back to the ministry of presence. Um, the other thing that was really nice about having buddies was in the ICU, because things can change in such an instant, um, and and they have to give bed baths and they have to do all these things, um, there are times where you just can't be in the room right. with the patient. And so you have to leave your stuff because also infections are a really big deal. Yeah. And so you have to leave your stuff in a waiting room. And so to have a buddy there that's like, nope, go ahead, I'm watching the stuff. And it just gave a peace of mind. Well, sometimes you want to get out. You want to walk around. You want fresh air after you're just sitting around all day. So having someone taking care of the things gives you the ability to to do that for yourself. Right. Right. 
Um, so some of the other things that were really helpful in the hospital was people bringing us lunch because um, my dad was still working. Um, my mom was able to take some time off to be in the hospital. And so not having to worry about who, you know, somebody brought us muffins, but they always texted how many people are there, how much coffee mm. to bring. Um, that was really, really helpful. Can I ask you about texting? Yeah. Because I... I almost didn't want to text because uh-huh. I, I just knew there would be like, I was just imagining people texting you all day long, uh-huh. just like a constant stream. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that would be so overwhelming. Like, how could you all respond to everyone's inquiries? Mm-hmm. What is, what was your, what were you thinking? What was happening with that? Yeah. So I kind of absorbed a role for my parents, um, where I was kind of the communications person. And so for me, um, it was, I was kind of the person that was texting. So I think probably taking it as how quick are people able to respond. Um, if you're getting text messages um, back, that's good. Like my mom really couldn't couldn't respond to text messages. And so I'd be like, pass me your phone. Happy to, happy yeah. to say or happy to text them from my phone. So then they would text me. So I think it's kind of a person to person. But I think... My family, we read together every text of support that mm. came in. And so it certainly was not um, it was not a bad thing when people sent texts that didn't need to be responded to. Gotcha. So just want to let you know we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. Um, we'd love to bring lunch. Is today good? Yes or no? And then it was like, no, we've got somebody today. Um, check tomorrow, kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but every every Facebook message, every um, every Facebook post, every email um, that was of support, like we read and we actually like read them out to each other. I mean, mostly because we all knew a lot of the players. Yeah. But um, getting texts from the the old the pastors from the church that I used to work at. Um, meant so much from jobs that I used to have, um, from friends, from childhood. I mean, that really was, was really, really meaningful. So the texts were a good thing, especially those that you didn't need to be responded to. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something to remember. Like now that I've been on the other side of this, anytime that I send a text message to somebody that is with someone in the hospital or in the hospital, knowing they're probably not going to text you back because by the time they get this and a nurse could walk in, your text message could be six or seven down yeah. <laughs> and they've just forgotten, yeah. which is not a, it's not a personal thing at all. Right. Um, and then some of the last things I would say are, were gossip magazines um, and gossip magazines, magazines, the newspaper, um, People did bring coloring books, and I think maybe later when you're sitting with someone and have have nothing else to do, that's good. I do think iTunes gift cards so that people can buy games on their phones. Um, things that are a little bit of a mind numb, I think, were really helpful. Versus, I'm I'm not a huge book reader, and at that, I'm the books that I read are usually theologically and spiritual based and at that point I just couldn't handle that and so and there are just people interrupting you all the time and so to try to get into a book um, was really hard I did though my dad really couldn't handle a lot of chatter and so he would bring a book and headphones and kind of sit in a corner and he'll be like is Bob okay I'm like yes he's fine he just needs he needs to be here, but he needs to, he can't handle any more small talk. So very good point about just how people are respond differently yeah. and have different needs during a time of crisis. Yeah. And yeah. that, um, 
Some people need a lot of support and need to be with people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people who are probably more introverted um, who need some space. Right. And like that should not be something that's taken personally in any way. That's just how they cope. Right. And I've really loved too about my dad forever. He does a really great job of always... Um, when he needs time apart, he just takes it. He's yeah. kind of the, per- the I've heard the term like Irish goodbye, where you just leave and you don't tell anybody goodbye. <laughs> you just I might be the master of this, yeah, and I just found this out. Okay, <laughs> but he's he's always been really good at being like even at fa- especially maybe at family things where it's like, and I'm maxed out on the Thanksgiving talk, and I'm just gonna go upstairs and read my book and uh, come get me. Yeah, but I'm that's where I'm gonna be. No, no, you know. And so I think that's that's a really something that I've always appreciated about him where it's not personal. This is what you need. And I think advocating for what you need is really important. So one of the things I want to leave you with, um, is about some permission giving that some people gave to us. So, um, some of the most helpful things were people that offered to go by and see the cat at my parents' house to go water the plants Um, People offered to mow the grass, and at first, that's a thing that my dad does, and it's a rhythmic, normal thing, and he said no. But then later, he did take up some neighborhood kids on letting letting them mow mow the lawn. Um, Bringing fresh flowers for the yard by, because so many people were visiting the house and bringing food by, that um, one of our neighbors asked, like, what can I do? And I was like, honestly, do you really want something? She's like, yes, anything. I was like, can you go by and just get some pansies or whatever flowers from Lowe's in a in a bucket that are already planted and bring them and I'll pay you for them just to be at the front of the house because it was so hot Uh, mm -hmm. that some of the flowers died in the front of my mom's yard and that was like such this huge gift to come back to the house and not feel like oh my god we're gonna need to do yard work so the other thing was people that were offering things um like one of my mom's friends, and again, these were like really, really close, um, kind of in her first or second circle of friends that said, we're paying for a housekeeper to come to your house and to mop and sweep and dust. We're paying for it, and this is the day that it's happening. Because my mom would never accept something like that. Yeah. She was like, no, this is what we want to do. We're doing it. And so it was like, okay, thank you. Mm. Um, and so the permission giving of this is what we want to do this is something that I think would be very helpful. Um, I'm going to the grocery store to buy my own groceries. What are two or three things that you need? Have you run out of laundry detergent? Have you run out of shampoo? Have you run out of this? One of one of the things I think that you're that you keep coming back to and touching on is number one. I think you experience so much decision fatigue. Mm, yes, um, so you're having to make so many decisions, and so when. In giving people these permission to text you and say, I am going to do this, as opposed to um, saying, hey, Genevieve, I would really like to do something for you. What could I do? Like, you're not in a place to be making decisions about that. You're having to make more serious decisions. And so for someone just to give you like, hey, I want to do this. Is it okay? Yes or no is so helpful because it's very easy. Yeah. And that's... um, or just to say to someone, we are going to be doing this for you. Yeah. And that way there is no decision to be right. made. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So, those are kind of my top things. I would say, too, we got a lot of really great food. And um, one of the things that was really interesting was we don't have a lot of – my parents don't have a ton of refrigerator space. And so, another thing that was really thoughtful was um, – people that brought things like pasta salad that were in big quantities, but then we could put in Ziploc baggies Hmm. or um, 
things that were like casseroles, a lot of times I think you think you want to get somebody a lot, but doing it in smaller portion sizes so that you can freeze one and then kind of eat off of the other. And so um, I think people, people, we were so surrounded by um, love and thoughtful things and are just still so incredibly grateful for that. I don't know if it's okay for me to mention this, but I, I thought that this was very thoughtful, but um, some people that knew your family right after the service for Mark um, gave you a, a place to stay at the beach, yes. a place where your whole family could go and mm-hmm. just get away right. and honestly just have some some oh calming gosh. peace. And, yeah. and I, I thought that was so incredibly thoughtful. Yeah. It really, it really, really was. So the generosity. And for us to kind of escape after the service, um, to to be together. And that is the thing. When it's in your hometown, people show up all the time um, to the house. And so um, it was good to kind of escape for just a few days. Yeah. So friends, um, the ministry of presence. The ministry of showing up. The ministry of showing up and being okay with no talk, being okay with um, stopping by, sending the text messages. So incredibly thankful. Oh, and the cards. The mm. cards that have continued to come even months after. Mm-hmm. Um, every single card we read and we actually text our whole family um, uh. these cards. Even if they're people that somebody doesn't know. It's just been really incredible. So um, thank you for the support. And um, Boyd and Brooks will be back with more more episodes about the things that we're learning about spirituality, about life, and about trying to live authentically. We'll see you next time. Next time.